You're listening to another episode of the Small Business Saturdays podcast. Listen to them all at smallbusinesssaturdayspodcast.com. Welcome to Small Business Saturdays. Welcome to Small Business Saturdays. The Small Business Saturdays podcast. With your host and my husband. And my dad, Aaron Montgomery. Join the conversation. Let's talk some business. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome into Small Business Saturdays. My name is Aaron Montgomery, and you can find me over at OurSuccessGroup.com. So today we're going to talk about getting started. Where do we get started? And even if you're an established business, or better yet, if you're a newer business, there's going to be some nuggets in here for you today. Uh, what we want to do is kind of just talk about some of those foundations, some of those basics. So as I said, even if you're an established business, it's always good to go back to some of these types of things from time to time and, and just check out the foundation. Make sure, you know, uh, the foundation of our house, for example, we want to check that out every once in a while and just make sure there's no cracks in it. You know, it's no leaking happening. And, uh, you know, we want to try to catch that stuff before it becomes a catastrophe, right? And so when we're talking about where do we get started, we're talking about a lot of the foundational pieces that are really important to have inside of a business. And we will get into a couple of the nuts and bolts things too, but just really kind of focusing on where do we start? How do we make sure that our business has got the best foundation that it can be built on? Even if it's already been built, how do we go back in and you know repair some cracks, you know, fix some things? So that's what we're here to talk about today. And uh, so again, even if you're established business, there's gonna be stuff in here for you, but I'm gonna talk about this like you're a brand new business, like we're just getting started. Um, and, and honestly, if you are a brand new business and just getting started, um, bonus that you're here, bonus that you're listening, bonus that you're uh, tuned in because you've got a clear workspace. You've got a nice area that where you can lay everything out and clear workspace to build up from. You know, you're not crawling underneath any, uh, in, into any crawl spaces to fix your foundation if we're continuing to use the house uh, analogy here. So um, the rest of this program this morning, we're gonna try to keep it short and sweet and, uh, and go from there. So uh, let me get my notes and make sure that we've got everything that we need to give you all of the information. As you can see, got a little bit of a new setup here today. So tr trying that out. Um, all right, the number one thing that is important to a business foundation, where to start, if we're answering that question, is you need to have a plan, right? And you guys have heard me talk ad nauseum about the need for a business plan and how important that is. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna let you guys off the hook with this whole business plan thing, and you can call it whatever you want, a plan, a map, a design, a strategy, a blueprint, a proposal, a diagram, an outline, whatever you need to call it for you to make it something that you work on and that you work on regularly, in fact. So um, pick out whatever name works for you, whatever name motivates you the best, for me, I like to use the word business plan. I like planning, <laughs> but I know that I'm not the norm. I know that I'm a planning geek, just like I'm a data hipster, and that's not for everybody. So whatever it is for you, maybe it's uh, you've got to have the sketch for your Picasso. Maybe you're a very artistic, creative type. So whatever the analogy term that you need to use, you need to have that in place. And then there are some core things that uh, are important. Um, and the most important core piece is to just 
get on paper somehow, some way, writing it out, typing it up, sharing it with the world, whatever it is for you. The more you write it, the more you type it, the more you share it, the more clear it will become for you. But we have to get to our why. Well, why is it that we're in business? What's what's your mission, right? What you know? For me, it's to um, provide actionable resources that empower business owners to achieve their idea of success. That's my why. That's why I get excited. That's why I do this every week. That's why I do the things that I do. That's why we started our success group. All of those things come from that, right? And and it's about just providing those resources and being able to be the person that somebody can go, yeah, he's going to do what he said he, he's going to do as often as he possibly can. Uh, he's going to be looking out for my best interest and, and having resources available. Um, you know, so that's, that's what happens with everything I do. My volleyball coaching, I have that same core intrinsic why, but instead of business owners, uh, right now I'm coaching a, a boys team, a 14-year-old boys team. And so it's young men instead of business owners that I'm providing actionable resources that they can use to better themselves. So that's a core, right? And then the values that are associated with that, you know, what, what things are really important to you. And then, you know, on the flip side of that, what things really rub you the wrong way? Um, you know, things like being hypocritical kind of sometimes rub me the wrong way and, um, and, and things like that. But on the flip side of that, yeah, I'm all about doing what you say you're going to do and showing up and providing as much value as you can, not just pardon the language, not just half-assing it. You know, I see a lot of that in, in the world out there just to do what the minimum is just to get by. And, and those are things that I'm not into. So you've got to define those things and you got to get clear on those things and, and have clarity and confidence in those things for yourself. And then the next thing is we have to have clear goals. And when we talk about clear goals, um, I've done plenty of programs on goal setting, but you, and you can go back to any of those, find them. Or if you have questions about it and want to go deeper into goal setting, just let me know. Just reach out. Um, but when we talk about a clear goal, it has to have an how much and by when. So it doesn't. And when I say how much, it doesn't always have to be money, right? How many people do you want to support? How many new customers do you want to get? How many um, lives do you want to make better? How many shirts do you want to create? How many pieces of artwork? will will satisfy and fulfill you and know that you've done enough and then buy when you know if if i say you know i want to make a hundred thousand dollars well if i don't have a specific buy when and a start date and an end date then yeah you probably will make a hundred thousand dollars over the course of your lifetime I, I would sure assume so in in today's world right so um you know setting those clear goals and then the next thing we need to have in place in our map plan strategy blueprint proposal whatever you want to call it is your measuring system and this is your gps this is the way to know when you're on or off target you know, how do you measure okay if it's a money goal then how are you tracking that you know how often are you tracking that when when are you um you know going and, and filling it in do you have one of those thermometer looking places where you mark it in? Um, when uh, I was a sales manager at a company and we'd have our sales goals that we would set and, and these sales goals were set. So that way there was an extra bonus at the end of the month for the entire company. And in the break room, we had one of those thermometer style devices that we would fill in and you'd see as we'd fill it up, you know, it's just like the, the telethons, you know, we're, our goal is $100,000. We're getting there, right? And so having that measuring system in place, but then 
if it's something else, you know, how, how are you measuring that? How are you finding out whether you're on target or off target? And then the next part in there in that plan is, is the marketing plan. It's understanding who your ideal customers are. It's understanding what niche you're going to serve. It's the product mix and how that product mix and service relate to your niche and your ideal customers. Right? You don't need to sell everything. Um, you know, I want to make sure that I'm focused on the products that are right for you, that bring you joy, that are fun to make, that are also profitable, that your niche and customers need. So that's your product mix. And then your brand identity, going back to your why and making sure that everything you do out there in the world matches up to your brand identity, your, your values, your personality, right? If, if you're not a goofy, silly person, then don't do goofy, silly marketing messages, right? I'm, I'm kind of in the middle. I, I definitely enjoy um, some fun times and being a little bit goofy and silly, but at the same time, I definitely know when it's time to, you know, put on the suit and tie and, and be serious. And so I kind of fall in the middle and I try to make sure that what I do and the brand that I project stays that way. And, and people understand who I am when, when I'm out there in the world. Right. So, you know, again, it's not about, um, anything other than just being who you are and owning that. All right. All right. So that's the first thing in answering the question, where do you start? Just start with a plan. Make sure you have some sort of a plan. Again, it doesn't have to be a big formal thing. It can be written down. It can be typed out. Um, the more you work on it, the more you develop it, the more you're going to realize that that plan that you start with is going to become the operating plan for your business. If you make it an integral part of everything that you do, you'll have all the data in one place. When you start making policies, write them in there. When you start doing things like, oh, I got to fix that. Okay, we got to put together a, a standard operating procedure, right? And, and, and this will grow and evolve if you allow it. But if you just like, oh, okay, sketch something out, throw it away, put it in the drawer. I did it. Yay. No, it's a living, breathing thing that you need to continue to grow and expand on. And then the second thing when it comes to where do I start with business is your numbers. You have to know your numbers. You have to have the ability to say, am I making a profit or am I not making a profit? And we talked a little bit about the measuring system before with our goals, but we have to have that measuring system in place as well. So we know, are we making a profit or are we not making a profit? And I know in this industry, we have a lot of creative people. Uh, I love creativity. I have creativity on my own side. I'm not an artist. I can't draw or anything like that. But the creativity comes out of me in process design and um, product development and pricing strategy and, and those kinds of creative things. So that's my creative outlet. And if numbers are not your thing, and I would guess that for most people, numbers are that, sorry, let me back up. I would guess for most people listening to this, numbers are not your thing. Wow, a little, little sneeze there. Okay, uh, numbers are not your thing. So I would say the first hire or service that you look to as soon as possible is to be a bookkeeper or an accountant or somebody that numbers are their thing. Numbers are something that they love. I was talking to the young lady who's my assistant coach on that volleyball team last night, and she is going to, uh, she's getting her master's, I believe, in accounting right now. And I mean, I just happened to have a, a little spreadsheet where I was tracking uh, what the practice plan was for the day. You know, you guys know me, I'm a data hipster. 
That doesn't mean I love the numbers. It just means I enjoy manipulating them <laughs> and using spreadsheets to figure out things. But um, her, on the other hand, she saw the printout of that spreadsheet and I thought she was going to just like melt. She was so excited. She loves numbers, right? So finding somebody like that around you that can you know, help you make sure that, yes, we're making a profit. No, we're not. Here, here's the, here's what the data tells us, right? And so having somebody around, ultimately, as you grow, there's going to be, need to be somebody in your business. It still could be an outside service or something like that. But as you grow, you're going to need somebody that is the quote unquote CFO, the chief financial officer, the person that is focused on the numbers. And again, if that is not in your personality, don't force it right as soon as you can that that's an investment that will pay dividends massively by finding somebody that can help you with your numbers all right and then you get into the things like should you be an llc and all of those questions are best served getting answered from an accountant yes as a business you should have some mechanism in place to protect you from a tax situation so an llc seems to be in most cases a really good option for a lot of people it is not for everyone, and I can't tell you if it is for you or not. Uh, the only person that can tell you that would be somebody that's familiar with your business and has familiarity with the tax laws, right? And, and again, I'm not an accountant. I'm not a tax professional or tax attorney. I can tell you what I've seen, and I can tell you what most people are doing. And yes, they're an LLC. Hey everyone, Aaron here real quick. Sorry for the brief interruption. If you are getting anything out of Small Business Saturdays, please head over to oursuccessgroup.com forward slash SBS. We're going to send you some free resources and give you some more information about our success group and how we might be able to help your company even more. Thanks for tuning in. Now back to the podcast. When I first was getting going with some of this stuff, in fact, when we started our success group, um, at the time before that, uh, when I was working for other people or doing some uh, consulting work and whatnot, I did not have an LLC. And so I made the mistake of going out there and doing the whole LLC thing on my own without consulting anybody, uh, you know, just kind of relying on the prior knowledge that I had gotten from my dad, who was a CPA, and came to find out that though we were an LLC, we should have set it up differently. So, you know, we paid extra tax for a year that we didn't need to. Um, and so we got that changed and, and then we're on the right path. But I had to reach out and hire a tax professional to figure that out first. All right. So there, there's one thing, um, tracking and collecting sales tax. How are you going to do that? That's important, right? That the one, the quickest way to kill your business is to have the government get involved. And if you are accepting money from other people, you need to be tracking and collecting sales tax. And it's going to be different in every single state and in every single location, actually. So you need to, again, I would recommend finding a, a tax professional and just talking to them. Maybe just that initial consult will be enough to get you started. You don't have to spend a lot of money, but that's a relationship worth having. Then the other question here when we talk about numbers is, do I need a tax ID? The short answer is absolutely 100% yes. As soon as you are planning to take money from somebody else for a product or service, you are a business. 
So you should have a tax ID number. Can you get away with just being a Schedule C on your personal income tax? Absolutely, and that is legal. But there's really very little cost in getting a tax ID, and you're going to have to collect sales tax and get an ID from your state anyways, for the most part. So there's no real reason not to do it. There's so many benefits to having a tax ID, protection, uh, able to get better pricing, maybe work with companies that you couldn't work with, not having to pay sales tax on uh, goods that you buy that you're planning to resell, those types of things. So there's all sorts of benefits to it. And so really no reason. In fact, it was interesting. I was having a conversation actually just yesterday with somebody and they were telling me, oh, I'm just not sure I'm ready to be a business yet. And the interesting part was we started this conversation because they were asking me for pricing advice. And so I said, well, wait a second, how are you not a business? If you're worrying about pricing your products, I didn't know a person would price something. A business prices their products. Even if, again, you're a solopreneur, whatever you think you are, if you're planning to price your products, if you have to charge somebody for a good or service that you are creating, then you are a business. So I basically just told him, I said, hey, why don't you stop wasting your time trying to decide if you're going to be a business or not? And why don't you just try being a business for a bit and see if that works out any differently? And then you don't have to you know, be wasting all of your time trying to figure out if you're a business. Why don't you just get to being a business? And then if it doesn't work out for you, then you can stop being a business. Because that's the other part of it. People think that, oh, you know, I've decided to be a business. And if if I decide that I don't want to do this anymore, it's uh, no, it, it doesn't. <laughs> if you're making sales, then you have to pay your taxes. Beyond that, you're all good. You can dissolve it at any time. No penalty, anything like that. Nobody's going to get upset because you're you're not a business anymore. So give it a try. Get in there and get get after it. All right. So that's that's number two, your numbers. Number three for us here is going to be your relationships, building a foundation of good relationships inside of your business. Because here is the reality of it. A business is just a loose collection of people and relationships. It's not a building. It's not a thing. It's not the good or service. You know, it's not the tumbler or whatever it is. That's not the business. The business is you and your relationship with others in that you're providing value to somebody else. And that value is worth something to them in in, in fact, it, it's worth so much to them that they're willing to give you something of value in return. Most of the time, the value they're giving you in return is money, but you, know, you can also barter services, things like that. So that's really all a business is, is it's a loose collection of relationships that you have out there. Even if you're a solopreneur, you have important relationships. And we're not even gonna start talking about the customer relationships, as a solopreneur, that part's really important, obviously, but there are going to be, even as a solopreneur, there might be a partner or a spouse or somebody else that you're bouncing ideas off of. Um, you will at some point have employees, even if it's just a virtual assistant. Again, we talked about um, the accounting and if you're not into numbers. So to be fully successful, you cannot do it all on your own. I don't know anybody, I've never met anybody. And if, if, if you think that you are this person, 
then um, please let me know. But I've never actually met anybody in my entire business career. And I've been around small businesses since I was a kid. Um, in my dad's CPA firm, I got to hang out there during tax season. So, you know, I got to see a lot of things. I got to learn a lot of things from the, even in that time in my life. And I've never met a business in my entire life that didn't have some other stakeholder, some other person that, that supported them, something that would mean a relationship. So we have to understand how we're going to cultivate those relationships. We have to understand how you're going to communicate in those relationships. And that goes back to your plan. You're planning on that stuff. And then the other relationships that you got to work on and you got to think about and you got to build as a place of where to start is those vendor relationships. You should not just always buy supplies on the internet. If you're running your business by always just buying supplies on the internet and the core products, the things that you rely on that if you know, as we're learning, if t-shirts aren't available. And what I've seen here is the people that have just always gone online and bought from Sanmar, bought from SNS or whatever, and never built a relationship there. They're the ones that are struggling the most when there are shortages. The people that um, went out and got to know the people they were buying from in the core products. I'm not saying the, the packing tape that you buy, you, that maybe you get off of Amazon or something like that. You got to have a relationship there. But what I would say is, well, I don't take a look, you know, when um, when things were kind of getting started for Kyleen. Yes, we were buying bubble mailers and whatnot off off the Internet. But we found a local packaging company and we're actually now getting things cheaper. We're getting better service. We're getting better advice. Right? We were using a certain bubble mailer and we called the guy that owns this local packaging company is our rep. We've built a relationship with him in just the span of a short amount of time. And he's like, hey, what? I know you guys use these, but um, we found that if you use these instead for that type of a product, you're going to have less breakage. And lo and behold, he's right because he's into packaging. <laughs> so building those relationships with the core people and, and then growing and finding new ways to have relationships is is really important part of where to start your business. And when we talk about relationships, we talk about vendors, especially vendor relationships. I think too many people have this mindset that the vendor, that I'm the customer. And because when my customers uh, are right, then they're always right. So now I'm the customer and I'm always right. Well, how do you like those relationships you have with the customers who are just like, well, I'm the customer, so I'm always right. right? That's, that's no way to have a partnership. That's no way to cooperate. And so if you just push that up that up the hill there to your vendors, guess what? You're not going to get much help, right? A, a relationship is a two-way street. So if you're always just a, a taker or, you know, demanding, only reaching out when there's problems, that kind of thing, you know, I, I you're going to get that in return. And so they're going to do the very bare minimum to take care of you because you're the customer and you're always right. But those relationships, you know, the, the people that are, you could consider a friend, that's a whole different ballgame. Oh, you're, you're in a bind. You know what? I'm going to figure out a way. You know, yes, I know the website says that there's no shirts available, but we just happen to have this stash for our good customers. You don't think that's happening right now? It's 100% happening right now. Will they ever admit it? No way. <laughs> It'd be bad for business. But I bet you, because guess what? I see people that go, oh, I've got Richardson's caps. Huh, where did they get those from? Weird. So 
building those relationships and, and getting out there and doing that, super important. All right, so that's number three. And I wanna make sure I stay on time here today. So we are doing good. Number four is education. And when we talk about education and where to start is how are you going to grow this business venture of yours, right? And this, when we talk about education, this also goes back to those relationships that we just talked about. If you are that taker, if you are that lurker, or you're that TV watcher, right? And when I talk about TV watching, it's meaning how do you interact with social media? It, do you interact with social media like it's just to be consumed? Are you just sitting here listening to me? Or are you asking questions? Are you providing feedback? Are you being involved? Are you reaching out? Are you actively participating in the OSG community? What, which one are you? So are you that TV watcher? Then I would not be, I would not expect a lot of extras, right? Just, just like with the vendors, if you're always taking, you're always, you know, don't expect a lot of extras. But on the flip side of that, if you're a giver, right, you participate, you're actively involved, you're the telephone user of social media, where it means that it's a two-way street and that you're engaging, right? And I, and I borrowed the TV watcher thing and the telephone thing when it comes to social media from a uh, good friend, Jay Bissell, who uh, recently taught a LinkedIn course inside of our success group. So that whole idea is like, the light bulb went off for me, right? I, I see the people that are successful. Those are the ones that are actively engaged. Those are ones that are interacting like a telephone, not interacting like a TV where you're just a zombie taking it all in, right? So yeah, you have to get engaged and you then you'll have the resources available to you when you need them. So when we talk about that, I, and then we're talking about education here, we need to, yes, we need to get the information, right? We need to kind of know where to go and find it and we can search and, you know, you've got YouTube University. This is, gonna, this is gonna be on YouTube at some point. You can go and search it and find out this information there, but you have to realize that the real education happens when you are engaged with it, when you're doing the exercises, when you're putting these things that I'm sharing into play for your business. You have to take the actions to learn how it's going to work for you. It's one thing for me to say, you should do this, this, and this. Great. If you never do that, you'll never know how that's going to work for you. And it becomes the idea of shelf help. It's all this information that we gather and we put it on our brain and it just sits there and gets dusty. Until we take that help off the shelf and actually put it into action, it is never going to be of any value to you. So that's the first part of education. How are you involved in it? How are you interacting with it? What's your plan for that, right? I mean, it's one thing to say, okay, yep, education is important. It's another thing to say, wow, there's a lot of information out there. How do I determine what's right for me and where do I find the time to do this and, and answering those questions. So that's what you gotta, that's why being engaged in it, you'll know what's of value to you because it's what you connect to. It's what you're engaged with regularly. And then that's the stuff you need to start putting into action. The rest of it, the, oh, you know, check out my free webinar and, uh, and here's another YouTuber over here that is just, you know, okay. But unless you are willing to take action on it, it's probably not worth your time at that point. When you're ready, it'll be, it'll be there for you. Not, everything on the internet's there forever. So um, that's the first part of education. The second part of ed education is the investment. 
again, if you're just consuming and, and then working super hard to find all of the free stuff and, you know, guess what? You're making an investment just like someone who maybe is in our Masters of Success group or, or somebody that's an OSG member that has made the investment in not only time, but of their resources, their money. And for you, if you're just out there trying to consume all the free stuff, it's going to take a heck of a lot longer and cost you a lot more. Because here's the deal. If the, if the program is free, you are the customer. Facebook's free. Guess who the customer, I'm sorry, you're, you're not the customer. You are the product. So if something is free, you are the product. You know, Facebook is free. Guess who the product is? Everybody that goes on Facebook. They're being served up ads. They're being served up something else. And the people that are actually paying for Facebook, the people that are paying for ads, they are buying the people that go to Facebook for free. That's how this stuff works. So if that's you, if you're always just consuming all the free stuff, then guess what? You might be able to get there, but success is going to take longer and actually cost you a lot more in the long run because in business, time is money. Heck, I would even say in life, time is money because we only have a limited amount of time on this earth. So what you're doing with that time is extremely important and extremely valuable. In fact, I would say your time is more valuable than the money you have in your wallet. So that's the other side of education is the investment. Your business should be able to, in fact, it, I believe if you do the right things and you invest in yourself, that your business will be able to reinvest in itself, buying the equipment, getting the new piece of software, those kinds of things, after, right? Only after. Your, your business will only be able to do this after you have the education that you need for yourself and that proper foundation. So you have to invest in yourself first before you go buy that new piece of equipment. I mean, and, and I'm, I know I'm getting to a point where I'm almost kind of preaching here a little bit because I get so passionate about this because it just really, it kills me to see the people struggling in business, just kind of going down this exact same path. I, I have seen it for 22 years in this industry. The, the first trade show that I went to and we were selling a piece of software and I, I, I didn't know it at the time, but I saw it, you know, somebody was like, oh, I'm just going to buy this thing. This thing is going to be what turns it around for me. And it never was. The thing that turned it around, the thing that then the successful people that showed up did is they had the foundation, right? They, they weren't worrying about buying the new thing. They came to the show for the education, for the networking, to build relationships and stuff like that. And then if their business warranted it because they were doing such a good job, they also took advantage of the opportunity to get a good deal at that trade show. So it, it just kills me to watch people do this over and over again, you know, that they spend all of their money on, oh, I got to get the new equipment. I got to get this thing. I got to buy this stuff. You know, I, I've been down that same road too. You could look around here in my studio and I've got all sorts of stuff, uh, you know, cameras and microphones and boards and da, 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 da. with all this stuff, none of that got me any better at doing what I did until I invested the time in myself to learn and educate myself that's when I started getting better. So um, I, I guess just to kind of one more time, I, I know I'm probably beating a dead horse here. You guys need to make sure you're understanding that that education is an investment. And, and if you're scraping together money to buy a new sublimation printer, yet 
you can't figure out a way to, you know, spend a little bit of money on an education and getting a good foundation, I, I just worry about you. And, and that's it. I, I care, you know, and, and I know that it seems like I'm just trying to sell something because that's what I'm doing, but I care so much that I changed my career to become an educator instead of selling the equipment and doing all that stuff. I made a lot of money doing that and it was great. And I was able to help a lot of people still in a certain way, but I realized at the end of the day, I was not fulfilling what I believe I was meant to do. Number five is we have to take action. And I know we've talked about this already a little bit, but I wanna kind of just refresh and, and be specific about this. Where to start? The journey of a thousand miles starts with that first step, right? I have to take that first step. It doesn't matter if you have the best business idea, the best plan. It doesn't mean, matter if your plan, your idea is the most profitable and your numbers are the best. It doesn't matter that you've got the best people and resources around you. And it doesn't matter if you've got the best education, like the, our success group education. The most important thing to do when to answer the question, where do we start, is you have to take a step. You have to take an action. You have to do something. I see this over and over again, failure to launch. I really wanna do this. Oh yeah, oh, I'm gonna overthink this. I'm gonna overthink that. I'm gonna overthink this. And I get it. I've been there. We've all been there. It's just part of human nature. But I believe that everybody does have the ability to be a successful business. I think this is a learnable skill. I think it's been proven over and over again that it's a learnable skill. There, there's lots of successful people out there that maybe at one point in their life, you looked at them and go, oh, man, I don't know if they've got a shot here. <laughs> they've got some challenges ahead of them. But guess what? They figured it out. They worked. They invested. They did all these things. But mainly they took action. They tried something. Hi, I'm Kyleen, and you're listening to an episode of the Small Business Saturdays podcast. Do you want to subscribe to the Small Business Saturdays podcast? Head over to smallbusinesssaturdayspodcast.com. There are tons of ways to subscribe. Click on your favorite and grab all the information about growing your small business. All right, so we have to find the self-confidence in ourselves to be able to do this, to be able to take an action. And when we talk about self-confidence, there's only one way to build self-confidence. And that one way to build self-confidence, that's to survive a risk. Well, how do you survive a risk? The only way to survive a risk is to take an action that feels a little risky to you and then see what happens. If you survive that risk, guess what? It worked and you start building self-confidence. But you have to take action to be able to survive a risk. So, and the other side of this is I've never known anybody that didn't survive going and doing a live video for their business. I've never met them. I'm not saying that there couldn't be somebody out there that had a heart attack or something like that. And, and if that's the case, then, you know, maybe smaller steps first, but I've never met anybody that didn't survive a, a doing a live video. Business is not a physically risky endeavor. It's just not it, it, in the modern times. It's not a physically risky endeavor unless the job that you're doing is physically risky. And if you're doing that, you probably have already taken those risks to begin with. So to make a sublimation mug, it is not physically risky. Could you burn your hand? Absolutely. Could you get hurt a little bit? Absolutely. Could you get killed by doing it regularly? Absolutely not. All right. So Business is not a physically risky endeavor, so any fear you have is completely survivable. 
remember, we said we have a limited amount of time on this planet. So if you really want to be a business owner right now, right now, <laughs> like immediately right now is the time to take action. So what action are you going to take? Any action, any small step forward. Again, the journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step or, you know, how do you eat an elephant? First bite, right? Not my favorite, but whatever works for you. That's what you got to do. So you got to take an action right now. All right. So that's what I got for you guys today. Go take that action right now. Thank you for being here. Have an awesome rest of your day. And uh, we will catch you again next Saturday. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for tuning into another episode of Small Business Saturday Podcast. We appreciate having you as part of the community of listeners. Tune in for the live video sessions at facebook.com slash aaronmontgomery.info to become part of the active community. You can contact me directly at aaron at montcoconsulting.com. Thanks again for listening.